Next on BYU Sports Nation, the biggest story of the year in BYU athletics. Which feature would headline your personal rundown? Is it baseball? Batcat Brock Hale joins us from Stanford and former major leaguer and quarterback at BYU, Ryan Hancock, on how the Cougars can win the regional this weekend. Plus the other why. Yale has produced BYU baseball's chances of moving to a super regional, and they're good. Hey, we're batting 9.99 on the show, too. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, May 31st. Hey. Wherever and however you're dialed in. Yes, thankfully for the last time. time. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Hideo Nomo's translator, Jerem Jordan. I loved Hideo Nomo in the 90s with the Dodgers. So much so that you attempted to throw a Nomo pitch. With a suit coat on. That was a huge mistake. (laughs) I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. That's up there. That ranks ranks up there? Number 12. I have it listed. It's at home. I have the power rankings of biggest mistakes. (laughs) Can you imagine yeah. if we actually produced that list? Who would I just, do that? I just feel dumb. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah, I've ranked all of my mistakes from uh, most severe to uh, least severe. Yeah. And that's number 12. <laughs> we don't, yeah. If that's the Hundreds 12th worst them. mistake that you've made, you've lived a really good life, Jeremy. Well, it's in the public eye. So it's <laughs> amplified. It's on the greatest video generating machine in the history of mm-hmm. humandom, mm-hmm. YouTube. Yes, it is. Yeah. I have power to take that down. I've chosen not to. Why now? Yeah, that's my motivation. That's how I Let's view see. a said music video that I was involved in some 17 years ago. Yeah. It's like, why? Then enough people have seen it that it doesn't matter now. I'm more embarrassed by my lack of athletic prowess in said video than I would be for you and yours. My athletic prowess dancing? Well, it's not an athletic prowess competition. It's just the <laughs> video part of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, show 999. Can you believe it? We've done this show 999 times, including today. The over-under was uh, 840. So we, took, we got the over, which We've exceeded great. expectations. Yeah. Do we need we're to like, do another we're show? We're like the BYU baseball team of BYU TV. It only took 999 <laughs> shows to get Jerem Style up to par with trends in 2017. Don't, don't ask Dalton Nixon. Don't still work, Dalton still Nixon. working on the top button, though. You're, at, you're asking Dalton... Dalton Nixon is he has a lot of going on in his life that's good. Movies is not one of them. He, so remember we talked to him, uh-huh. he came back from his mission, we talked to him last week, and he's like, We're like, what movies have you seen? He's like, I haven't seen one. We're like, what? So we went to a movie. I haven't even heard the name of the movie before. With his <laughs> sisters. He's a good brother. I know that. But I was like, dude, see a movie that we've heard of. See he Guardians. Did, he did compliment your style though. I know. He said, nice. wow, your style is that a lot nice. better. That was nice. I think Don's got a gr- lot of great things going for him. He needs to see better movies quickly, though. Come on. Let's go. That, that needs to get up to par. <laughs> okay. Hey, bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU baseball will practice today from 1 to 2.15 Pacific time in Palo Alto, California, in preparation for tomorrow's NCAA regional matchup against the Titans of Cal State Fullerton. Outfielder Brock Hale will join BYU Sports Nation in 10 minutes. Why? Because he's really good. I'm telling you what. 
Tomorrow's game will be broadcast on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app beginning at 4 p.m. Eastern. The game will also be available on ESPN3. We will talk a lot about the Batcats today. It's going to be fun. Ryan Hancock on the show. Did you know a former uh, you know, BYU quarterback play, pitched in the majors? That's, and hit in the majors, Jerem. That's who Ryan Hancock is. Awesome. Athlon Sports calls the Tanner Mangum versus Brett Rippon of Boise State the fifth best group of five quarterback matchup of 2017. Wait, BYU's not in the group of five. Yeah, yeah that makes no what, sense. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Group Coug- of five, BYU. The Cougars take on Boise State in Provo on October 6th. Yeah, BYU is an independent. They're not power five. They're not group of five, okay? They're an independent. So why would choice. they group them together with the group of five? That's the most ridiculous thing ever. I don't know. You're going to break glass with that <laughs> intonation and pitch. Come on. Your timber what? is too high. My timber is too high. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to classify timber, I, I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't know what's timber happening Timber is a fun there. word. What is it? T-I-M-B-R-E? Yeah. Is that how you spell uh, it? Not timber like, look out for this falling tree. <laughs> He's looking it up right now. Timber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. B-R-E. Very good. All right. Hey, Jerem hey, got hey, it right. Hey, hey, timber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it the spelling bee today? Scripps National, Scripps Spelling, National Bee today. Spelling Bee. Your boy's getting ready. Timber. T I M B R E. Wait, it's the Spelling Bee. We forgot to do the BYU. No, Sports no, no, no. Bee? We we will we will do that Another, after the Scripps after Spelling Bee has Okay, okay, okay. Because that's yes. one of my favorite things. It's like, it's like you do the crazy Polynesian names. And it's like correct. So hard. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Okay. Interesting that Athlon Sports. Interesting that Athlon Sports would say that BYU is a group of five team. Because it's it just it's one of those weird things. BYU's in no man's land, right? As an independent. By choice. They're not power five. They're not group of five. What are they? We need to discuss that on a later show. They're an independent. Former BYU receiver Mitch Matthews waived by the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. We are wishing Mitch the best as he searches for his new NFL home. And six men. Uh, no comment. Six. Love Mitch. Six men's volleyball players receive MPSF All-Academic Honors, including Leo Durkin, Price Jarman, Jake Linglis, Joseph Joe Grosh, Tim Daubert, and Eric Sykes. My eyes are piercing your soul right now. I want Mitch to be on a team. I really do. On an NFL team. Let's go. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The story of the year in the spirit of Fred Rogers. Let's all go to make-believe land as a collective BYU Sports Nation. Each of you are the lead editor and producer for the BYU Sports Year in Review special. What is your headline story? Which story deserves that prime spot at the top of the show? Maybe you request some more time to think it over because the story that BYU baseball, yes, baseball is currently writing, is hands down one of the biggest stories of the year in BYU sports. And there are still a few chapters left with the NCAA regional games this week. The Batcats made history by winning the West Coast Conference Tournament for the first time ever. They hit the most home runs in the history of the West Coast Conference Tournament. They won four games in two days. It was unbelievable. But is that the biggest story of the athletic calendar year for BYU? Bring on the Twitter question. What's the biggest BYU sports story since August? Basically in the 2016-17 sports year. Use hashtag BYUSN at HeyJoeJr23. Kalani going 9-4 and four this past season. Most first-time head coaches would go 5-5 five and, 
seven or six and six with that type of schedule. I like where you're going with that. Hey, Joe Jr. 23, Jerem Jordan, you're the lead editor and producer for the year in review. What what's your top story? I think I think the top story from BYU sports was the BYU basketball season. I think there was a lot of expectation with this group. The reality did not meet that. Okay, it was a young group. Uh, there were some injuries. All of a sudden, the expectation did not meet the reality, and there was a lot of disappointment with this year. So, because Yet, of the drama and disappointment, okay, that's that's the start. Yet, BYU beat Gonzaga in the kennel. We've chronicled how important this was. Let me just sum it up in this way. That was basketball's win versus Miami. The football versus Miami win equivalent was BYU beating Gonzaga in the kennel because that team finished second in the country, and BYU beat the number one team for the first time, undefeated the whole thing. That was basketball's Miami. That's a big deal. We'll always remember that game. Maybe even the best win in BYU history. Like, you could argue that point. And then it's uh, capped off by the fact that Eric Mika goes pro. The lone peak three is blown up. Mika goes pro. All the hopes and dreams of a Final Four or Sweet 16 or whatever uh, for this group, gone. So I, th- I think basketball's the top story given how ex- the disappointment of kind of the expectations didn't meet reality you, you beat the number one team, and Eric Mika goes pro. I think it's hoops. Wow. There's a lot there, right? At a football school, I know. From November to March, the basketball season produced some of the highest highs, biggest question marks, and lowest lows, for sure. It was a high high. I would, I would go pretty singular on that in terms of what we'll remember for a long time. If it were not for year one of the Kalani Satake era, I would agree with you. But it has to be football because of everything that was involved in year one under the new head coach. Not to mention his offensive coordinator, the former Heisman Trophy winner, who was the captain of that win against number one ranked Miami in 1990. Ty Detmer returning to his roots. Nine wins for this BYU football team. Last second victories over Arizona, Toledo, and Wyoming in the Poinsettia Bowl. The four losses by a combined eight points. Jamal Williams sets the career and single-game rushing records. Jamal Jamal Williams becomes the first true running back drafted in the first four rounds since Pete Van Valkenburg in 1973. And I haven't even mentioned the name Taysom Hill until now. It was the most compelling offseason in BYU football history due to the amount of major changes and the major names involved. And then the iconic and legendary coach Lavelle Edwards passes away in late December. What a year. BYU football and everything involved there leads the show if I'm in charge of making that rundown. We don't remember nine-win seasons historically. We just don't. That's, that's why football isn't the thing for me. But I'll always remember Jamal. Of course, Lavelle Edwards. We'll remember forever um, here. But to me, the, the basketball team, this was going to be the beginning of this like three-year run. And it got blo- blown up in year one. It was like, oh my goodness. And then you, and then this of all the teams beats number one. It was crazy, right? Those, it's, see, the thing with the Batcats is, to me, they come in third right here. These two are the top two. I think football. Yeah, the Batcats slid into third with this amazing run at the end of the no year. No pun intended. Pun intended. <laughs> I intended it. Dang it. The Batcats run to the regional, snapping the 15-year streak, 5,481 days. I mean. The, and the way they did it, 
with the offense. With they're four still games writing the story. And they're still going. Let's and say going. they make a super regional. Do they jump up a spot if they advance Not to, me. to the super regional? No, it'd still be a great story. But when, when you write the, the stories at the end of the year, and in 15 years when we look back on you know, 2016-17 BYU sports, to me it's still going to be boom, boom, boom. But top three, typically baseball, let's be honest, baseball has been an afterthought because they haven't made the regional. The last 10 or 15 years. 15 they've been years. At, like, you've been hoping, we've been hoping this team could get over the hump. And they've, they've been knocking on the door the last couple of years. Last year especially, right? Wow, 18 and 1 start. Now they're in the regional. Now they're extremely relevant on campus. People know the last two years, the Bad Cats are really good, fun group, good pitching, great hitting, top 10 offense. Now they've turned a corner. They're not an afterthought on campus, right? They are at the forefront of what's going on on campus. I love it. It's they, almost in. June, and BYU is still relevant in a sport happening right now. It's great for people who do daily shows to talk about BYU sports. Yes. We especially love this. Yes, it is. The, obviously, football and basketball are your top two sports in terms of interest level here. I think that baseball has stepped into that third spot and competed with men's volleyball and women's soccer and women's volleyball in terms of what the interest level in, what's the third most interesting sport to you the fan. I think baseball has stepped into that third spot at this point. Hard not to, and and recency bias obviously playing into that yeah, right now because they're still playing. Right. When women's soccer was in the Sweet 16, that was It was women's three. soccer, When right? women's volleyball was up in the fifth set in the Sweet 16, it was women's volleyball. Men's volleyball, right. It changes. But that, it's, nice, it's nice to have the Batcats at the forefront of the conversation because it's always football, basketball. So it's nice that baseball is right there, baby. Jerem's leading with BYU basketball because of the drama and disappointment and the highest high, maybe the best win in BYU basketball history I forgot at Gonzaga. To, I forgot to mention Utah Valley. Like, you'll always remember that, too. And Eric Mika going pro. I think it's football for all of the reasons I just chronicled between Kalani Satake, Ty Detmer, Lavelle Edwards, Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill. What would you do? That is our Twitter question. Cougar football, by the way. In year two under Kalani Satake begins the book of 2017, Jeremy, less than three months. Countdown to the Viking. 87. Oh, man. We just have better communication than when Jason's on. We need to talk. I need to, before I need to be like, hey, here's the situation. 87 days or 87. We used to not rehearse and then just see what happens. Well, we did well, we didn't until the moment before. It's when there are four <laughs> when there are four syllables. Is that the key? This syllable? Yeah, eighty seven or eighty three days. You, you use days when it needs to be the fourth syllable. That's pretty that's getting pretty technical. <laughs> <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation, former major league pitcher and BYU dual sports star Ryan Hancock. But first, Brock Hale joins us from the NCAA regional in Cali. What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast nationally on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is rolling right now on the Twitter machine. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. And when you tweet in... It's really simple. Just use the hashtag BYUSN. The NCAA regionals for baseball start tomorrow. 
Thursday, 4 Eastern time on BYU Radio, BYU versus Cal State Fullerton. You can also watch on ESPN3, of course, the app with BYU Radio. Check that out. Very excited. Uh, we're going to talk to Ryan Hancock coming up, uh, former BYU baseball player, also played in the majors, played quarterback here as well. His take on what the Batcats are doing and what they can do at Stanford Regional. Yeah, I like this matchup, and I'm particularly intrigued with Cal State Fullerton because I covered one of their starters extensively when I was covering high school sports in Southern California. His name's Taylor Bryant. He's no Chris Bryant. He's an infielder. No, he is not Chris Bryant. But then again, who is Chris Bryant? So I'm interested to see him play because uh, I I became pretty close with him, and now it's about BYU. And as much as I love Taylor, I hope BYU crushes Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, and and Cal State Fullerton's been to like 26 straight NCAA regionals. They're ranked somewhere between 17 and 20 in all the major polls. Yet, BYU's got a great shot to do some damage, and we're not just saying that based on opinion. We're saying that based on Yale Sports Analytics. Ah, we will yes, tell you, Yale Analytics. Yes, the brethren at the other Y. We will tell you what percent chance they give BYU to advance. That's coming up. What is the biggest BYU sports story since August? That is our Twitter question today. At Henson 23 tweets in, hashtag Patriots, and... Kyle Van Noy winning the Super Bowl in dramatic fashion. We all know how much Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton love talking about that. Now, if it's about Kyle, I have zero issue talking about Kyle Van Noy. I'm not talking about the evil empire. (laughs) 28 to 3. Did they, let's be honest, the Falcons lost the Super Bowl. 28 to 3. The Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. All the Falcons have to do is run the rock. Run the ball. It's Kyle Shanahan wants to throw the ball. What? Run the ball. Run the ball. Oh, my goodness. Run the ball. But a shout-out to at Henson 23 We miss him. So thanks for making us talk about that. Well, thanks to whoever <laughs> he paid in the control room to <laughs> put, put that, that tweet in. in. Yeah, put it in the show. Exactly. Tweeting in at Joseph underscore Felt. I think it's safe to say it's Johnny Linehan and fourth and 19 out of the end zone. He always gets a mention. This is amazing. <laughs> It doesn't matter if it's the biggest story, the biggest play. It, by the like, way. That will be mentioned. By the way, Johnny is going to the Fan Fest Saturday. You know who else is going to the Fan Fest? Mo! Mo Longy. We're going to meet Mo Longy for the first time, even though he's actually like less than a mile away from us. We've just never Cannot wait. We will be in the <laughs> California state borders on Saturday, as will BYU baseball at the NCAA Regional as of right now. And that takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Brock Hale's 399 batting average is seventh best in the NCAA, and this guy crushed it at the West Coast Conference Tournament. I mean, killed it. My guidebook says that 399 is pretty good. Is out of your mind. Yeah. Baseball for Dummies says 399 is really good. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Brock Hale. Brock, welcome back to the show. How's it going, guys? Hey, we know hey, we're that, great, but not as good as you. Yeah, we, you you've <laughs> tweeted a grand total of twenty-two times, Brock. We need a twenty-third tweet, and we need it to be spectacular. Can we count on you for that? Yeah, you can count on that. Something from the regional. Hey, at BYU Sports Nation, tweeting you from the regional. Something like that. Yeah, I'll give you guys a shout out for sure. Okay, no there we go. Tweet number twenty-three. Hey, there were so many good things that happened for BYU baseball over the weekend in Stockton at the West Coast Conference Tournament. What was your personal favorite moment from that crazy celebratory finish? Um, I mean, obviously the dog pile was 
obvious. I mean, that that would have to be the best part. But I mean, I think leading up, apart from that, I think leading up was probably Riley Gates in the ninth inning against LMU striking out that guy. That was my heart was pumping pretty pretty hard. So. I think that one, besides the dog pile, was probably the best part. Did everyone come out unscathed from the dog pile? Because in those situations, it can be a little crazy on the bottom. Yeah, every, I mean, everyone was pumped. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure a couple guys got, you know, hit pretty hard from people jumping up on the dog pile and, <laughs> and stuff like that. But, I mean, everyone was too pumped to to really care about it. <laughs> Just don't be underneath Colton Shaver, right? That's right. I mean, Colton Shaver went and tackled Bo right away, so Bo was at the bottom. I'm sure he got banged up a little bit, but, I mean, at the end of the day, who really cares, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo takes a hit from an all-state linebacker yeah, in Colton Shaver. Bo can take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a big guy. How have you balanced the emotion and the uh, excellent momentum that you gathered from Stockton and turned that into focus for the next round? Because you don't want that to be the peak, right? You'd like to keep it going and win the regional. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was it was a great time winning the conference uh, championship, and um, it's been fun, you know, leading up to that. I mean, it's a new experience for all of us um, coming to a regional, but, I mean, we know that we have a job to do, and that's right now that's to beat Cal State Forts in this first game, and, and I think that's, that's kind of the whole thing, the whole mindset that all the guys have right now is just, yeah, that was fun, but we got, we got more games to win, and we want to go as far as we can, so... Um, and I think, you know, the conference championship was a big step for us, you know, kind of just breaking through that, that barrier that, you know, we had. And, and now it, we have all the confidence in the world to go, you know, as far as we want to go. I'm looking at your numbers right now. Ten for 17 in the West Coast Conference Tournament. You scored eight runs, six runs batted in, six walks, home run. You reached safely on 16 of your 23 plate appearances. What do you attribute that wild success to? Um, you know, I just attribute to, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, obviously, um, the coaches, you know, working with the coaches and helping me, you know, with my swing and stuff and Dr. Manning working with me mentally and, you know, using, um, different cues. But so, I mean, there's a lot of different things, but I think at the end of the day, for me, um, the one thing I, I try to focus on is just staying loose and just having fun. I mean, anytime I can play the game of baseball and, you know, have fun with it, not, I mean, obviously you, you're taking it seriously, but. Uh, I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to to perform well or, you know, to do this or that, that we kind of forget that it's about having fun. So um, I think one of the, that's one of the biggest things I focus on, honestly, is just staying loose and, and making making sure I'm having fun with the game. And honestly, that's that's when I play the best. So You received the BYU Sports Nation karma when you were in Studio B. We're looking for a spokesperson to help us spread the word about the power of the karma. So are you on board to help us out with that now? I am 100% on board. <laughs> that was two weeks ago, I think, right? And, and then, uh, Bronson, and then Larson. Bronson Larson was on, and he had four homers. Hey, that was a pretty good manifestation, man. So when you're up at the plate, you're like, oh, I have the karma. Let's go. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought, you know. All those, all those hits, before I came into the box, I said, you know what, BYU Sports Nation gave me good karma. I'm going to get hit, you know. That a baby. We've never asked a crappy player <laughs> to have the karma. I'm just saying, you're a great player, so that, that helps. How did you guys uh, – you go to Spokane, you lose three. You don't get the outright. I imagine there was some real disappointment there. You lose the first game despite a great uh, pitching performance there. How did you rally it together and not only win uh, the league, but you beat that same Gonzaga team twice and crush them? How did you guys do that? 
Yeah, so I, after Spokane, I mean, it was it was really it was a really bitter moment for us because I mean, all we we needed to do was win one game there, and you know, so that last game, I was just like, we're watching these guys dogpile just because they got the number one seed, and it was just like, I I, I remember personally thinking to myself, I was like, we'll see you guys in the tournament, you know, like you guys better be ready. <laughs> and so after that first game, we lost, and I think after that, it was just you know, we knew that it was win or go home, so it was you know play you know, fight, you know, to play another game. And, you know, we beat St. Mary's, fight to play another game, beat LMU. And then we got to, you know, Saturday, and we knew we had to win two games, and it was just keep fighting. And honestly, like, we just felt we had all the confidence in the world we were going to come back and beat that team twice. But it was almost like kind of like reverse roles that, you know, they knew they only had to win one game, but, you know, just they just couldn't do it. And so we kind of, honestly, we kind of took that dog pile they, they had kind of personally, so. It was a it was a sweet moment to do that in front of them. Brock Hale joining us from Northern California as the Cougars prepare for Cal State Fullerton in their first NCAA regional in 15 years tomorrow. For whatever reason, you lose that first game to LMU in the WCC tournament, but that means you don't have to face Corey Abbott, the ace of LMU, or Eli Morgan of Gonzaga in the process. The bats were hot. I mean, how much do you look at avoiding those guys as part of what you pulled off in Stockton? Yeah, I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, if we, we we planned on facing Corey Abbott the whole time or, you know, if we would have faced Gonzaga, we planned on facing, you know, Eli Morgan. I Honestly, I don't really think it would have mattered. I mean, we're a good enough team. We saw those guys before that, you know, we had confidence we were going to be able to score runs either way. Um, and so, honestly, I mean, I would have – I would have liked to prove that we could have, you know, beat Corey Abbott, you know, or Eli Morgan. It would have been nice. So I don't think it would have changed a whole lot because either way, I mean, we lost We lost the first game, came back, won four straight. It's not like Corey Abbott or Eli Morgan can throw, you know, two or three straight games. So Yeah, when the bats are that hot, I'm not sure it matters who is pitching. And let's be honest, you're going to face a pitcher of that caliber in the NCAA regional, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I assume and I imagine that. The number one for Cal State Fullerton, you know, is a is a good pitcher, and you know he's going to hit his spots. And it's we just got to fight and make you know be disciplined enough and make get him out of there. <laughs> Bigger key to the week: pitching or batting? Um, you know what I I always obviously most people look at us as a as a big hitting team, and um, you know we're one of the best teams in the nation hitting, but. I think the biggest thing for us is pitching, and, I, and I, I've always thought that. Um, it, I think for almost any team, it's just you know pitching can can t- take you a long way. So if pitching can keep us in the game, I mean we know we're going to score you know some runs. So it's just if the pitching does it, I mean we're I, I know we're going to win if the pitching's on. So and it was on in the WCC tournament. I, four of the five uh, starts were quality starts. You got two or three ultra quality starts. Is it too much to ask the pitching staff to do what they did in the WCC tournament again? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think a lot of those guys, you know, I mean, they, they proved in the conference tournament that they're, they're that good to be able to do that. And I think a lot of those guys kind of expect themselves to, to throw like that anyway. So, I mean, I'm sure if you would ask any of them, I, I think they kind of expect that from themselves. I mean, um, so I think, you know, we have a, a high a high bar for our pitchers, and um, they know they can do it. It's just about you know going out there and showing it. So I don't 
I don't think it was any like surprise to us that you know they could they could pitch that well, or they did pitch that well. So, talking with star baseball player for BYU Brock Hale, BYU achieved both major team goals this year, and by that I mean winning the West Coast Conference and getting to that tricky NCAA regional for the first time in 15 years. What are your expectations now for your team now that you're at Stanford? Yeah, the expectation is is just to win. Um, and it starts with Cal State Fullerton tomorrow. So, yeah, we just, you know, it's just like the same thing we had in the conference zone, just fight to play another one, fight to play another one. So, yeah, the expectation is to win the regional and go on to a super regional. So, Hey, we're looking forward to your 23rd tweet, Brock, and we appreciate the time, man. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. You got it. Brock Hale on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. And let's give him some karma as well as he goes out. The karma has been distributed now to Mike Littlewood and to Brock Hale. Can we get every member of the BYU baseball team on the show? <laughs> well, they're already in Stanford, at Stanford. That's true. And in Stanford. It's actually a city as well. It's yeah, a weird deal. How do, how do they define the city limits of Stanford compared to Palo Alto? I don't know. Something else that you need to figure out, along with uh, you looking up timber. Exactly. <laughs> up next on BYU Sports Nation, the breakdown and projection of BYU's winning percentage in the regional. But first, former BYU quarterback and pitcher Ryan Hancock in Studio B. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime anywhere we just spoke with brock hale of byu baseball about his expectations for the batcats in their first ncaa regional in 15 years what does he expect now that they have achieved the two major goals of winning the west coast conference and getting to that regional you better believe it deals with three letters w-i-n I, d- I thought of all kinds of three letters when you just said that. And I was like, NBC? I spelled it out for you, man. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, big week for us. Thousands show coming up tomorrow. Very excited about that. Also, Saturday, we will be in Corona, California at the BYU Fan Fest from 12 to 2 Pacific time, 3 to 5 Eastern time on BYU TV. We'll be there for an hour after as well, hanging out. If you're uh, in the area, come hang out. If not, watch on BYU TV. It's going to be fun. We'll basically take you there uh, through your television or mobile. Mobile device. Ah, yes. Or the Mobile. Ra- or the radio. Now, we could have a situation if the Batcats are playing where we go off the air on BYU Radio. We stay on BYU TV, but the, but the game begins. When the, the Batcats are playing. When. W-H-E-N. <laughs> In the spirit of the, the, spirit of the Scripps spelling National B. Spelling Bee. Yes. Started with Timber. Nailed it. We've done win, and now when. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Baseball practicing today from 1 to 2.15 Pacific Time. In Palo Alto, California, preparing for that regional matchup against Cal State Fullerton. As uh, Jerem just mentioned, tomorrow's game will be broadcast on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app beginning at 4 Eastern. You can watch that game on ESPN3. Athlon Sports calls the Tanner Mangum versus Brett Rippon of Boise State the fifth best group of five quarterback matchup of 2017. Athlon Sports somehow doesn't know that BYU is not in a group of five. The Cougars take on Boise State in Provo on October 6th. Former BYU receiver Mitch Matthews was waived. By the Minnesota Vikings yesterday, we wish the best of luck to Mitch as he now works for a new NFL home. Joining us now in Studio B, our second guest of the day, former dual sports star at BYU and his second trip to Studio B, Ryan Hancock, who, by the way, 4-1 record in the major leagues as the pitcher of record, and you have a batting average of 1,000. That's pretty good, Ryan. Not a bad claim to fame. (laughs) You batted once, you recorded a hit, you scored a run, 
that's like basically the best played appearance ever. What do you remember about that? Oh gosh, man, awesome memories. Um, just had gotten called up. Um, met the team in Cleveland at Jacobs Field, and the day before I threw one pitch and a blowout to end the game. So it wasn't my first appearance, but the next day we went into extra innings, and I was the last guy left in the pen, basically, um, getting late in the game. And they had already taken out the starter uh, or the DH, and so the pitchers were hitting in that position. <laughs> and my turn came up. Um, they didn't even have a helmet for me. They ran over to Cleveland and borrowed a helmet from Cleveland because <laughs> I, have, I have such a big head. So my helmet didn't have a sticker on it. Luckily, they were navy blue, too. And I'm um, wearing a Cleveland helmet, borrowed a, a bat from Damon Easley, he gave me a cracked bat. Didn't even know that. <laughs> so I go up to the bat against uh, Julian Tavares throwing 95-plus, and I haven't swung a bat forever since high school, basically. Um, foul off a couple of pitches, and he felt like he was just going to blow it by me, I guess. I finally caught up 2-1 with two strikes, I think. Hit a line drive to right field. Manny Ramirez lollygagged a little bit, almost got by him for a double, but I got a single. And then um, JT Snow <laughs> proceeds to hit a home run, and I score the winning run. Uh, we were the visiting team, so I had to pitch out the rest of the inning, or the rest of the, uh, this, the next inning. I had already pitched a couple innings, actually. Um, and so I got my first hit, my first win, and um, got ESPN play of the day for diving for a, a popped-up bunt. That was the All best the day, day ever, Ryan. It was the best wow. day ever. It was the best day ever. That's yes. amazing. That reminds me of uh, Felix Hernandez had one at bat in major league uh, interleague play, and he hit a grand slam, so his, <laughs> his uh, slugging was 4,000 4, 4, for his career. It was really yeah, funny. if that's, that's not amazing. karma, <laughs> if that's not karma, the baseball god smiling on you, I don't know what is. <laughs> that's crazy. I just, I just love your claim to fame, too, as the only BYU quarterback to play in the majors. Like, that, that's crazy, right? Well, like, I guess like, it's a little odd. You, you know, you don't get a lot of two sports stars. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, extremely fortunate, obviously. I would have loved to have continued to play professional. I mean, I would love to play, um, have played college football a little bit longer, but that torn ACL against Utah kind of shut that down when I had baseball um, in my future. So um, I wasn't able to pursue, to pursue the two sport thing, which I probably would have done for a couple more years had that not happened. Ryan Hancock with us on BYU Sports Nation in Studio B, former dual sports star, quarterback for BYU football, major league pitcher, and, of course, you are invested in what the Batcats are doing right now oh, yeah. at BYU Baseball. Follow Ryan on Twitter if you, if you want a good follow of a former player. Yes. What's your Twitter handle so people know? Uh, RyanCoog17. RyanCoog17. Okay. Yeah. What do you expect from BYU Baseball in their first regional in 15 years? Well, you know what? You you always hope to expect wins, but but you know you never know. Uh, I I know it's within their ability to to win the regional. It's a great spot for them. Not only is it in my hometown, which I'm super excited about, and I'm headed back there here in a couple hours. Nice, but, nice. Um, but also, I feel like it's a great matchup for them where they could have been gone to Oregon State and faced a ridiculously good pitching staff. And it's all about facing the number one guy from the other team. And if you get up against a guy that's just really hard, you know, really good pitching is tough to overcome. So... Stanford's going to have great pitching, too, and so is Cal State Fullerton. They're going to face the number one, obviously. 
on 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 Thursday as well. But I I, I think the, the the task is not as insurmountable. They're very familiar with playing in the Bay Area. Lots of things point towards a good showing. So I'm excited about it. I know Mike's going to have them ready. BYU is playing two hours away from where they just played. Stockton to yeah. Palo Alto, which is great in terms of, yeah, we, just, we were just here. Mm-hmm. We're back. We're going to do this. Um, what, we always talk about, oh, the Batcats, the Batcats, the hitting. The, the key to baseball is great pitching. You just talked about it. So oh, yeah. what, can BYU's bats overcome great pitching? How do you see that matchup? Certainly. Right? I mean, they're as good as it can get with hitting. Um, the only problem is sometimes you get a pitcher that is just outstanding and one or two runs is – is going to be what the game is going to going to happen, you know, and, you know, they, they can definitely pull it off against a great pitcher. They're going to see a, a guy that throws low nineties, hard a right-hander, typical number one guy that they've seen from the top WCC teams all year. So it's not like they're going to be unfamiliar with the type of stuff he has. They definitely can beat him. Um, I believe his name is Connor Siebold will be the um, day one guy for Fullerton. And I know they have the ability to, to knock him around, um, but it's going to be key that our starter comes back and puts up zeros to match the other starter because um, that's that's always key is is matching what the other guy's doing. Obviously, and without question, we want to see BYU perform well in this Stanford regional. But because of what happened and them finally climbing that hurdle to get into the regional, have they exceeded expectations for this season? Like, would it be okay if they didn't win a game? I, uh, I mean, I, in their mind, I'm sure they're looking to to make it through this. Just they're, as they're a not, fan. Oh yeah, I mean, well, even as with my experience, I I know I always expect to win, and I know they're expecting to win, and I know Mike is expecting them to win, <laughs> and I know that they feel like they can win. Um, not only would they have felt like they could have won if they went to Oregon, they they're going to feel like they can win at Stanford and lots of little things are pointing towards, towards them doing well. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, but I, I'm excited. Their starters, obviously you've talked about it multiple times. They're on a roll. That's key. That's really key. And especially if we, if we do happen to get into the losers bracket, we have the proven pitchers all the way through and there's other teams probably rolled through their tournaments and didn't get deep into their pens the way we did and deep into their starting staff. And we threw out five starters out there, which is almost unheard at the college level, that all performed well. So even if we do lose a game, I think we're in a great situation. Is it too much to ask the BYU pitching staff to do anything remotely close to what they did last week? Because no. they were amazing. No, because it's, it's a game of momentum, and it's a game about when you build off of your, your past performance, they're going to have that confidence back that, that they maybe lost a little bit there. So they've overcome a lot of adversity. That's how you get stronger, and that's where they are right now. Is there someone on the staff that reminds you of you? Hmm. <laughs> Is there anybody that can throw high 90s, I haven't 90s thought jam? about that. I haven't. I, I, I'm not saying that I was unique, but um, but we don't have a. We haven't in college. It's not really common to have a, a one-inning closer type, and that's kind of what I ended up being. Um, Mason, obviously, with all of his saves in his career, um, go, does a good job in that. He tied situation. you, as a yeah. matter of fact. Exactly. How about that? Yeah, and so um, he's a different type pitcher, but he's got the same mentality. Um, bulldog mentality, um, the and, mantis. and he knows how to deal with with uh, pressure situations. Um, a couple other guys have stepped in in the same situation as well. Um, 
But um, a closer is a unique position in college. There's not a lot of them. Did you have a cool nickname like the Mantis Mason? Me? Michael? Well, what they used to do, I played on that old field that was just basically, you know, chain link fence. <laughs> uh, same field, but no stands. They used to pull out a, a tape recording of the Wild Thing um, from because that was the era of of um, Ricky Vaughn, uh, Ricky Vaughn. And they'd blast that when I went out there. Um, I don't know who came up with that. Maybe Brent Norton, the radio guy. I can't remember, but, um, for a couple of years, they started doing that. It was pretty funny. That's funny. Very cool. Yeah. Ryan Hancock with us in studio B discussing BYU baseball and their NCAA regional. Why do you feel like Mike Littlewood is enjoying consistent success that BYU hasn't had in a very long time? Um, I've been a Mike advocate from day one. I, when the vacancy came up 10 years ago, I talked to the athletic director and said, I don't know who else you have in the pipeline. I do know that Mike down at Dixie State is a future BY. He, he's your man. It didn't work out for him then. Um, they went with Coach Law, which was fine. He's also got a great pedigree. Um, but uh, – I've I played for Mike for one year um, at the end of my career, and he's just outstanding. He just he demands uh, hard work, which 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 this is what you, what you need. Um, he he's just solid all all the way around. He's one of my favorite coaches I've I've ever had. So and look at his previous success. I knew he was a BYU guy. He's got the right edge you need. Um, um, <clears throat> And, and he'll make a, make a team play, play up to the level he expects. Now, on top of everything that you've accomplished in your career, you're also Colton Shaver's pitching coach, so we need to throw yes. that out there as yeah. well. And, and, and Colton's uh, pitch this year. Yeah, hey, that hey, was awesome, so man. stoked when he got out there. Um, he was a good pitcher in high school, and he could, he could have easily been a college pitcher as well. Um, he was just such a good hitter. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's yeah. worked out okay. And I don't know if you know, also, uh, Brennan threw a few innings for me at Jordan also, so... Um, Brennan was a good enough athlete. Anderson. To, yeah. yeah. Brennan and Colton both played with me. So <laughs> Who knew? So who knows? Maybe Brennan will get out there. Let's hope not. Hopefully not situation. this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Brian, great to have you with us, man. Enjoy the trip out to Northern California and watching BYU baseball. Yeah, I wanted to add, I hope I can get a little bit of that Sports Nation karma as I'm driving across Nevada. I don't want to avoid those speeding tickets. So. <laughs> yes. Um, that's what I need from, from the Sports Nation we karma. To, Ryan do not endorse to, avoid, <laughs> to avoid speeding tickets. Ten or less, you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm headed out there uh, uh, maybe to do a little radio, but I'm going to definitely uh, be there for the games. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. Up next. The other why. Yale Sports Analytics tells us what percent chance BYU has to win the regional. This is BYUSN. Telling you what. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Coming up tomorrow, 4 Eastern time on BYU Radio. The NCAA Regionals, live from Stanford, BYU versus Cal State Fullerton in the NCAA Regionals. The first time BYU's played a game in the NCAA Tournament in Baseball in 15 years. We talked to Brock Hale from Stanford. We just talked to former BYU closer Ryan Hancock, who pitched in the majors. Was BYU quarterback? Great story from him, by the way. Oh man! Of his first uh, at bat and only at bat, his first win, his only at bat, which he got a hit and scored on. So he's uh, batting a thousand in his major league career. Pretty awesome stuff. So NCAA regionals tomorrow on BYU Radio with Brent Norton on the call. 
why he called Manny Ramirez a lollygagging Manny Ramirez. <laughs> Download the podcast. Our Twitter question, what's the biggest BYU sports story since August? At HistoryGeek1776 says, Lavelle Edwards passing. He was nationally recognized in college football and the NFL. Many felt they had lost a true friend. That's why we're doing a Lavelle Edwards special as part of Media Day on June 23rd, Friday. Mark it down on your calendars. It's going to be an outstanding program remembering the iconic and legendary football coach. Specifically Lavelle is the idea there. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. I, I can't uh, disagree with that one. That's really good answer. At Milton underscore rat, dare I say, hashtag Big 12 expansion or lack thereof. That gets buried at the bottom, man. We, we said, oh, that was in August. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Man, I thought we'd go uh, without a show mentioning the Big 12. Our next guest, Jerem, Yale Sports Analytics, the home of NCAA Super Regional Baseball Projections yep, that created a percent chance of advancing to the Super Regionals for all 64 NCAA regional teams. We have Yale Sports Analytics, or YSA, on the line, who we believe is a cousin of our friend Bracket Matrix. Welcome, Yale. What do you have for us? According to our simulations, BYU has a 31.6% chance to win the Stanford Baseball Regional. 31.6%? I actually like those chances. 31, so 1 in 3. That's really high as I, a 3 seed, right? I, I think that's really high. In fact, what, what is this based on? 1,000 simulations of each NCAA Baseball Regional. <laughs> Take that for data. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't even know what goes into that, but if there yeah. are a thousand simulations, I'm like, okay, I trust. Yeah, okay, it. but why why a thousand simulations? Don't question our methods. You tool. <laughs> Sounds like said YouTube. <laughs> Who you calling tool? Hey, there's no reason to name call right here. Goodness. Thirty one point six though, I like that. That's a pretty good chance. Hey, thanks for joining us, uh, Yale Sports Analytics. That was uh really fun and informative. Educational. We hope to do it again. Anything else you'd like to add to this? And Jerron, don't forget, your library book Curious George Goes to Space is due Friday by 5 p.m. <laughs> I'm well aware. Thank you. It's for my kid. Oh, uh, no. It's not. That's not for your kid, man. <laughs> it's a great book. <laughs> Yale Sports Analytics. Yale Sports, the other one. Yeah. Okay, in the out of all six four teams, BYU's nineteenth. Thirty one point six percent chance. The number, the, the best three seed in the whole list is 64 BYU. Sixty four teams. That's the nineteenth best percentage to win a regional. Yes. Wow. Well, because a lot of teams have a really high percentage, right? Uh, Stanford has a forty five percent chance. Cal State Fullerton has twenty point eight. BYU is predicted to have a better chance to advance than Cal State Fullerton. You know why? Because their top. Six in the country in hits, batting average, run scored, and top ten in slugging percentage. That's why. That's all nice. The key to advancing will be how well BYU pitches. I think so, too. But if they can score four or more runs, got a great shot, right? Yeah, four's not a lot. I hope there's not some shootouts, but if that's the case, BYU's capable, baby. Biggest BYU sports story since August. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The Cougar Whip Round hits next. We have some news from Ashley Hatch and Team USA. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thank you very much to today's guests, Brock Hale and Ryan Hancock, and 
Our friend Yale Sports Analytics. Can't forget him. Our friend, he called us the tool. That's true. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. Bad Cats practice today in Palo Alto in preparation for tomorrow's NCAA regional matchup against Cal State Fullerton. Tomorrow's game broadcast live on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app, as well as ESPN3 at 4 Eastern Time. BYU signee Seth Corey, a lefty from Lone Peak, is the Gatorade Baseball Player of the Year in the state of Utah. The Major League Baseball draft set for June 12th. Corey could go pro or come to BYU. We'll see how it all plays out. Football. Athlon Sports calls Tanner Mangum versus Boise State's Brett Rippon the fifth best Group of five quarterback matchup of 2017. Group of five? The BYU's not even in a group of five or a power five. They're independent. The Cougars take on Boise State and Provo on October 6th. Cougars in the NFL. Former BYU wide receiver Mitch Matthews was waived by the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. Good luck, Mitch. Moving forward. Volleyball. Six men's volleyball players receive MPSF all-academic honors, including Leo Durkin, Price Jarman, Jake Langlois, Joe Grosh, Tim Dobbitt, and Eric Sykes. Gymnastics. Who wasn't smart on that team? Goodness. 17 BYU gymnasts received all-conference academic honors yesterday, including freshman star Shannon Hortman and junior Jill Van Mierlo. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Hanneman, one for three with an RBI and double and a walk in the Tennessee Smokies, lost to the Montgomery Biscuits. <laughs> Brendan Lund, one for four with a run and a walk in the Burlington Bees, lost against the Kane County Cougars. We lost to the Biscuits. <laughs> Colton Mahoney Put now playing. that. Colton Mahoney now playing for the Marlins' single-A affiliate Greensboro, the Grasshoppers, after the Yankees released him Saturday. He had a 1.85 ERA, 26 strikeouts, and 24 and a third innings pitched this season in single-A ball. Why'd they cut him? I have no idea. Soccer. Ashley Hatch will travel this Sunday with the U23 national team to Sweden to play in matches against Sweden, Norway, and England. Good luck, USA. That's cool. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to Ryan Hancock for batting 1,000 in the majors and having essentially the best day ever as a baseball player and a rookie. Great story. Holy cow. Great story. He batted Manny Ramirez over to second base and then scored a run after getting a line drive hit off a guy that throws 95 miles an hour in his first and only major Manny was in the outfield for the Indians. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's, he hit right. it too, Manny. Hit it too, Manny. That's awesome. Who, who was skinny at the time? Our elite tweet of the day. <laughs> Answering, what's the biggest BYU sports story since August? At one bald Cairo Doc says, outside of the passing of Coach Edwards, hands down would have to be the immortalization of the St. Mary's face. It became a thing. <laughs> I can't get away from that, just like we can't get away from 4th and 19. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. For Jeremy Spencer, shout out to Ryan Adams. See you tomorrow. That was the show tomorrow, baby.